Craft Beer Radio, episode 179, on April 13th, 2011. Craft Beer Radio, where this week we are doing our show in honor of Pierre Salas, who uh, single-handedly brought back the wit beer from uh, from veritable extinction. Unfortunately, we didn't have any wit beers to test. Certainly, do an imperial stout show, but yeah, Pierre um, passed away this week. I think he was said it was eighty-six years old. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I, I I was busy late this past week, so I haven't read hardly any news or anything. And I saw a tweet, someone you know. With a picture of a Who Garden saying, you know, this one's for you, Peter. Or actually, that was the person who called him Peter, too, <laughs> uh, Pierre. And uh, I'm like, holy crap. So, cheers. Never got to meet the person. Too bad. But yeah, I mean, what a style. All right, so we have some Imperial Stouts tonight, um, mostly because that was the only uh, style show that was in the fridge. Okay. And, uh, so Imperial Stouts, even though it's a little bit of a little time. bit of a of insider of how we work. Yeah. This is what we had around. Well, it's been I've been wanting to do this, you know, style show. I've had these Imperial Stouts lined up for quite a while, and it, it just kept coming to the point where, like, oh, let's do something else this week. Let's do something else that week. And since about every other logical show has been taken out of the fridge, here we are. I'm going to do this guy. This is the Samuel Adams Imperial Stout. Uh, 22 degrees Play-Doh on this sucker. 9.2% alcohol by volume. Malted with two-row Harrington, Metcalf, Copeland Pale Malts, Caramel 60, Munich, Special B, Smoked Malted Barley, Roasted Unmalted Barley, and Malted Wheat. That's a lot of stuff in this beer. That is a very big uh, malt uh, profile. Malted wheat instead of unmalted wheat. Notice mm-hmm. that. And uh, East Kent Golding's hop. So just one single hop. It says, enjoy now. We're developed to age rich in unique flavors. 9.2% ABV, if you didn't say that. Beer pours really dark. I'm not getting any highlights at all. This one is... Really, really dark. About as dark as they come. Oh, 307 calories. In case you want to know, for, for 12 ounces, so we're splitting this in half. Hmm. Well, the, the aroma is uh, lots of lots of dark fruits. Mm-hmm. And, and it's boozy. You can definitely smell the alcohol coming off this guy. Yeah, and a little bit of, of smoky. I guess that smoked malted barley is coming in there a little bit, too. That's a little unusual for the style. You don't... I don't come across it very often. And Munich or, malts, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. But definitely the smoke. You don't come across, you know, too many Imperial Stouts that use a smoked malt. I can taste it in there. It tastes almost oaky. Okay. Um, it has a wow, very... Um, a very interesting and... Uh, a dynamic malt profile. All those malts are really adding into something very, yeah, very I mean, interesting and unique. You know, I'm, my brain's chock full of suggestion because you just read me off the grain bill, but I swear that I'm tasting the smoked malt, the, the wheat, the Munich. You know, it just... Uh, it's How do I describe it? It's, it's pretty velvety. 
um, luscious is just a word that comes to mind on yeah. this one. You know, it just it has that uh, savory is not really the right word, but it has that like it just has that lusciousness. It has a to nice it. unctuousness to it. it. Has really, really well balanced sweetness there. The the hops are just perfect for the amount of sweetness that's coming out. They they cut it just right. I'm I'm pretty impressed. It's a bit of a licorice flavor in there, like an anise. Sure, not too strong. There's not too much booziness in the flavor. I mean, maybe just a touch, but I mean, the malt is so big there, and it has a more I drink. I'm getting more of the dark fruit, the raisins, the the prunes. You know what you what you kind of like, I think of with that anchor porter that we had a couple weeks ago, right? It's not huge on the chocolate flavors, some of the chocolate or toffee that you sometimes get. This mm-hmm. one is more in the line of the fruity flavors, uh, those uh, the sugars that come with that. And the, like you said, the smokiness, some of the earthiness of the malts was coming through too. But I really do like how the the hops are used here because they're apparent and they're but they're not it's not a hoppy mm-hmm. imperial stout but they're really really balancing the the sweetness very well yeah if you really look for the chocolate you probably taste a little bit of you know dry baker's chocolate in there you know mild slightly bitter but not not chocolatey not milk chocolate by any means hmm. this is from last year i think because they have a new label now. Really? Let me see. Hmm. Could they, said, be. they said it was last beer in, in, in 2009. So. Could be. So the label we're looking at here now is, this is the label, same design, that they use for their all right. their Imperial series. So the Imperial White, right. where this is purple, it was yellow. Um, for... I can't remember the other beers, but they had this whole label scheme. So the actually the one on their website looks more like a Magic Cat label, doesn't it? A little bit. It, it's <clears throat> it, it's it's more vertically oriented than it is mm-hmm. horizontally oriented. Uh, but it you know it still says it's part of the Imperial series. It said it was uh, first brewed in two thousand nine. Okay. Doesn't say anything about the recipe changing. So I mm-hmm. assume it's essentially the it's same beer. Label. They went from purple to sky blue as the color for this beer. <laughs> Sam Adams is is doing a lot, a lot of seasonals now. You can get the Coastal Wheat, the, the Latitude Forty Eight IPA, the uh, Noble Pills. Doing a lot of stuff. They're doing what Sierra Nevada is doing, right? I mean, Sierra Nevada has been doing it for a couple of years now. So people might forget, but there was a time where Sierra Nevada was like, like the big guy that could just put out a couple of their standard beers. They yeah. really didn't do anything special, and then they kind of said, hey, you know, we should try to do... And they came out with Torpedo and Keller Weiss and Glissade. And, you know, in all these new seasonal, they put a lot more beers. And it seems like Samuel Adams is following in the same suit where they're... Samuel Adams always put out a lot of beers, right? I mean, they had like 15. Yeah. You know, if you could find Boston Ale, it's harder to find, but they made it. You know, so I don't want to make them sound like they're copying... Sierra Nevada. They always put out a lot of beers. I mean, what what I but, think they did is is they they waited until they get they got significantly larger when to the point where they could then start doing a little bit of boutiqueing. Whereas, or boutiqueing. Whereas, um, perhaps Sierra Nevada just decided we're going to start boutiqueing at this point. Uh, not that 
Sam Adams didn't have great beers or have some stuff in right. the way, but I mean they they have they do a wee heavy, uh, you know that that's not a beer that you see very often. Uh, so I'm you know I'm I'm consistently uh, impressed with Sam Adams beers. Mm-hmm. I really am. I think that that people sometimes kind of poo poo them, and they really shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, so I I just wanted to kind of step back from what I started to say because it was coming out wrong where Sam Adams always had a lot of beers. They had like 12 or 15 beers. But then they started this whole new, couple of new series. They have the Imperial series, but then they have these other ones like the Coastal Wheat, the Latitude 48. You know, and it's it's interesting to see these big brewers putting a lot more effort into these uh, limited releases. You know, for the beer geeks like us, you know, that, that's great. And it's uh it's exciting and it, it actually that's what i think it does is it it for the people that are more uh, looking for something new always looking over the horizon it, it puts these breweries back on their radar scopes right and also since sam adams is, is a brewery that people know and can trust they may be more willing to try a sam adams of a, of a different type like you know mm-hmm. Uh, if if they see a Sam Adams Imperial and they just you know they've only tried Sam Adams and Budweiser or whatever and they say hmm, well I'll try that one so that that may be a way to get them into a, a different type of style because I like like we said before we don't find with craft beer people that people get stuck on brands <laughs> it's much more about styles mm-hmm. you know it goes from brands to styles. Yeah, there's some of that. I mean, there's the, there's the the big brewery, the big craft brewery prejudice too, right? You know, some some beer people, you know, I had it for a while, right? Where and Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams are two ones that were yes, but ones where I kind of had some of that prejudice. Before but we talked about this really last week. That was just it. you know going through your teenage years. Yeah, you're probably right. I think it was teenage years is a good way to put it. But these, I, I like to say, also maybe the breweries realize a lot of people are having those teenage years, and they're putting out more yeah. to to break that mold sooner to get into the you know. But you know, going through those teenage years is also you know as much as as there is um, sort of rebellion against against the big big guys. There's also kind of a eh about the really small guys too. You know, like you'll, you'd rather go for a stone than you would for some uh, for maybe an East End if you happen to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, it's kind of because there's so many choices, right? And you can't. Stone will have some familiar familiarity, victory stone, things like that. And if you're starting, if you're just starting off doing that checklist thing, right? Or, or you know, be like, oh, I've had this stone. Let's well, try it's like stone. how everyone, you know, how people in in high school, for instance, they they try to be different, so they become. Goths, <laughs> so they become the same as some other group, mm-hmm. you know. Well, let's move on to the other Samuel. Oh, the Smith one. This is Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout. Let's see if they can get over my. I now I have a pre, uh, a pre, you know, prejudice predisposition. Yeah, predisposition prejudice against Samuel Smith's beers. I have not found them uh, really very uh, very charming. I guess I should say. Not undrinkable, but certainly not up to the par of, of other beers I've had. So, we'll see if uh, this one 
passes the muster. We will see. Um, one of the biggest problems that we here in Pittsburgh have with Samuel Smith is that the beers are almost always freaking old. Yeah. And oxidized and bleh. So we'll see how this guy tastes. This is a 7% from Tadcaster at Samuel Smith's Old Brewery in the old UK across the pond. Our buddy Damien just got back from the UK. Yeah. Business travel. He's sending me Two pictures weeks. of um, all the real ale that he was drinking over there. Son of a... <laughs> Jealous. Like, he was at one pub, you know, it was just like, you know, some normal bar had a like beer engine. I'm like, oh, you know, so I sent him, you know, the beer mapping page, beermapping.com for the UK and whatnot. And like the next night he sent me the tap list or the cask list for this other place he found. And it's like one of the beer geek places to check out in London. And that's uh, when I got jealous. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you could have got on that trip. Probably not. I mean... No, probably not. No, there's I like, guess it was more. It was more of a customer thing than it was a. Yeah, it was definitely a customer thing, and there's a, there'd be a lot of people in line before they'd send me. Well, I like the aroma coming off of this. I don't smell oxidation, or if I am, it's it's well hidden. There's, It's almost though, a little bit of kind of a spearmintish kind of kind of aroma coming okay. off, some sort of mintiness. Yes, I know what I'm smelling, but I don't want to color Greg too much. So, I'll let Greg uh, take a sip here or anything before I comment. Of course, that could be that could be nail polish, couldn't it? It could be. Yes, <laughs> it's a bit of an acetone type aroma, so like hot alcohols are yeah. coming off this thing. Yeah, and it does seem a little spearminty at first. It, you know, it, when you're looking at it, after a while, you'll get more used to it. I just get more and more obnoxious, and you'll just be like, oh, enough already. Yeah. Hmm. Jeff didn't give me any signals. <laughs> well, I did give you a signal that you should look for something. Yeah. But other than that. I don't taste the acetone, but you know it. It just it tastes kind of muddy. So yeah, I'm tasting like the so the alcohol is a little bit hotter than it should be, right? It it's almost just a little a it's almost a little appley or cidery. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of like but non or unappealing. To whereas me. like the the Sam Adams had this huge grain bill and was also but was like playing with it and it had mm-hmm. constant notes and stuff. This. This just tastes kind of muddy. It tastes just kind of like a, like a, a sort of a melted Hershey bar, right? It's not, not nothing great. Relatively mm-hmm. chocolatey. Yeah, I wouldn't expect this to be like huge, you know, double American IPA. You know, or, I'm sorry, double American no, style I'm, type roast, right? But yeah, I think that that booziness, that that fusel alcohols from the yeah, or acetone. Um, combination of two, I think, is, is kind of really put me off on this one. Yeah, I think that you know a, a big problem with Samuel Smith, and and at least now they're using brown bottles, which is a start. Yeah, definitely a start. Uh, is that we never really get them fresh. I mean, we've we've gotten the Fuller's fresh, so we know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the uh, 
I doubt all the uh, imports come through where the importer is located, but the importer is Merchant of Inn in Seattle. So it'd be kind of silly to ship all the beer to Seattle and then to Pittsburgh. But Yeah. So that's probably not the case at all. So I'm not even sure why I said it out loud. Anyway, yeah, I'd love to. Um, that's what I mentioned to uh, when Damien was over there. I'm like, you know, I've never, you know, I'm not, Samuel Adams can really hit or miss, mostly miss over here. But if you see one over there, give it a try and see how good, how good it is fresh. And he was drinking some Fuller's at one time I was talking to him, mm. so. Yeah, Fuller's always, uh. Yeah, they're usually in pretty good shape when we get our hands on them here. Yeah, I don't think we've had a, 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 a bad Fuller's on the show. But who knows? Samuel Smith, be careful. I think there might be something there, but I don't know if we can taste it. The next one, Otter Creek? Sure. Could not find anything about this on their website. This is their Russian Imperial Stout from Otter Creek or Wolliver's in Vermont. 10.6% alcohol by volume. This is an 822-ounce bomber. Malts, two-row, Munich, extra special caramel more chocolate malt, de-husk roasted barley, hops or magnum and willamette, Soft brown sugar, 10.6 ABV, 65 IBUs. Brewed and bottled by Otter Creek Brewing, Middlebury, Vermont. Well, I'm glad to see they have at least the information somewhere. There's some Russian czar stuff in the marketing speak. This might be batch 2,584, and it cost me $6.99 at Three Sons, Dogs, and Subs. When it was still Three Sons and not one for the road beer emporium. Is it any better now that this one or worse? I, actually, I haven't been there in quite a while, but I've heard it's really, really gone downhill. Really? Yeah. I just can't believe they picked the name One for the Road. Why don't they call it DUI Checkpoint? <laughs> I mean, I get it because it's a takeout six-pack shop, right? right so, yeah. But six for home doesn't suggest drinking and driving. One for the road... <laughs> But hey. Now this is like the opposite of this of the same items. Where this one is that big American roasty roasty stout, right? You don't get many, much of the dark fruit. I'm not smelling any alcohol, but I'm getting big chocolatey cocoa roast. Yes. Yes, I should probably acknowledge you with the with words, something verbal, <laughs> on the audio podcast instead of shaking my head. The the aroma to me is kind of you know one dimensional though. It's just that roast. I'm hard having a hard time getting anything else out of it. So I just went on to the flavor. Flavor. You got the uh, the roast. There's a good malt backbone there. So nice residual sweetness, maybe from the brown sugar and the molasses and the brown sugar. But there, there's something to this. This is nice. The sweetness is not as balanced. You notice that? What do you mean? The sweetness is a little bit over sugary. It kind of has a, a sort of hump of this uh, of of sweetness. It, it does have a pretty sweet late late taste. You know, I wouldn't say aftertaste, but like late in the taste is pretty sweet. Yeah. There, I found in the first sip that it, it kind of complimented or you know 
balanced out, you know, that big roast and some of the astringency that would come with the roast, right? Um, but second sip, yeah, it's starting to get a little sweeter it's, on the palate. It's almost ending like chocolate milk. It's almost got a little bit of that sort of not quite dry sweetness to leave it there without tr- totally balancing that out. That's why I, you know I pointed out the the uh, the Sam Adams because mm-hmm. it was so well balanced mm-hmm. because that that is something that is I don't often find in this style. I I enjoy the sweetness in this style mm-hmm. and I enjoy what's coming, but when I find something that's really well balanced, mm-hmm. that's even more special. Right. I hear you. I'm curious to get a couple more sips on my palate just to see how this beer evolves, whether it starts getting sweeter and sweeter or whether you know, it comes to a nice equilibrium and it turns out to be nice and drinkable. I mean, we're drinking these at, a, at roughly 60 degrees, roughly the temperature in which they should be drunk at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we pulled them out a little bit. It might be a little on the cold side, but we're still getting tons of flavor off of yeah, them. Yeah, and we are drinking these out of uh, tulip glasses, so getting a lot of aroma and they should warm up very easily in our hands. Sorry for the dead air. I was just uh, contemplating where I just took a... This is going to be really hard to describe, but I just took a different kind of sip where I made a really small channel with my tongue. Like, think of a long, narrow channel or tube. And I pulled up... I kind of, like, pulled, drawed it back across my tongue that way. And I didn't notice the sweetness as much. And I got more of... I got some of the hoppy bitterness. I got some other things. Like I said, you're looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? And... You're probably right. It's just I tried giving it more of a pull across my tongue when I drank it, and it came across differently, and it didn't seem nearly as sweet. So your the take of the, the the take from this is that Jeff says you should try doing tongue tricks when you try beer to see if you get different flavors and different. I mean, there's like yeah. I mean, certainly there's different ways to to slice the beer, right? You can. So I'm going to try like. <laughs> making my tongue ululate. Well, we've talked before about, you know, getting the beer out into your cheeks and, you know, adding some, uh, you because know, you actually have some taste buds in your cheeks and whatnot, you know, and, and getting that. Well, you have sense. taste buds in your, in your esophagus. Exactly. You have taste buds in your stomach. Yes. So I don't know where you're going with that one. We've, we've, oh, don't, don't give me all that. I mean, we have definitely <laughs> talked about how certain beers give you certain sensations. I'm, giving, in your you, I'm giving you a little bit of a hard time. I am. Uh, I I do notice when I spread it to my cheeks, but I'm I'm just noticing most of the alcohol when I spread it to my cheeks. They're more sensitive than anyway. I am not getting a lot of hops here. Okay. It's just not coming through. Well, maybe there in the end a little bit. The more I drink it, maybe as it warms up, it's starting to taste more and more boozy. Getting more and more alcohol apparency off of this thing. Oh, and it is 10.6, so... I told you. (laughs) It's a big boy. Okay, final beer of the night. We're just doing a four-beer show because, well, they're Imperial Stouts, duh. Interesting. This is not... It doesn't say organic. I, I assume it has to be, right? It's a Wallover's. They're, they're all organic. No, no. Otter Creek. 
Oh, Otter, Otter Creek. Creek. I mean, the same brewery. The Wolver's label is organic. The Otter Creek label is not organic. Oh, Greg has a lot of beer left. Do you want the bucket, or do you want to drink it? Uh, I'll um, I'll preserve my sobriety. Thank you, sir. So our last beer of the night. It'll be wild. It'll be a short show. Is the old Rasputin Imperial Stout? I have more Imperial Stouts in the fridge, but let's not go crazy. These are very high alcohol beers. This is nine percent alcohol by volume, seventy-five IBUs from North Coast Brewing. I was kind of uh, surprised by the small amount of feedback we got for our Cinco Bismarck show. Right. We did not actually drink Sancta Bismarck. That was a basically a last minute. It was a fib. Yeah. April Fool's fib. And we got one negative feedback and two uh, really short positive feedbacks. And like that's it was it. a really short show. I don't expect much in the way of. It was easy to consume. I figured we get a little. It more wasn't feedback. like the wine show where we had you know fifteen you know well ten minutes of content and then of course we had the the uncut, uncut show thing. which was. Really, the, the jewel of the whole thing. Yeah, we had one person who who was uh, gave us a kind of a bit of a blasting. Yeah, and uh, it's almost like you know, sure, maybe we well, we, maybe we did phone it in, but we did try to do some more prepared, funny shows. But I think Greg and I were just out of funny that day. Yeah, it it, we, it wasn't working, and it's hard. It's hard to co- it's to hard. constantly come up with new things. Without having, we don't have any staff. We don't have, we don't have time to think about this. Really, we're just sort of coming up with stuff right away. Yeah. We're out of funny. Leave us alone. Yeah. All right. North Coast Old Rasputin. Leave us alone. Russian Imperial Stout. I'm getting some of the same uh, some of that same nail polish that you got off of the Samuel Smiths. See, I smell it, and I smell like hops. Like hops. Like the IPA of Imperial Stout. Compared to these other beers, it just smells like an IPA of Imperial Stout. That's true. That's true. There, there's hops. Maybe you were a little, you know, not expecting hops, and you miscategorized because I'm smelling it. And I don't smell anything too hot. I just smell like something that is like IPA-type hoppy on the aroma. Well, like, like we said, it's the same sort of base. There's mm-hmm. a mint sort of base to it. Sure. And then it can go either way. Right, right. Yeah, so you just expected you go the same way you already had earlier tonight. Do we have a hop list at all for this thing? I got nothing. They nothing. are not very forthcoming. Lots of marketing speak though. Yeah, there's nothing on the bottle other than a little bit of marketing speak. Very very west coasty for a for for a north coast brewing company. <laughs> well, that is in Fort Bragg, California. Right. So there they might go. call it North Coast, but it's but it is West. Coast. It's the West North Coast. <laughs> Fort Bragg is pretty north in California. So. Yeah, by you know by West Coasty, of course, mean extremely hoppy, very hop forward. Uh, the it's a lot hoppier than I recall for this beer. 
growing up in craft beer, right? You know, many years ago when I was in Stout Guy, and in the like, oh, Imperial Stouts, and I like the big boozy Imperial Stouts. And for the longest time, like my two benchmarks, my two favorites were Bell's Expedition and Old Rasputin. We haven't had and, a hoppy beer tonight. Keep that in mind, right? And this thing just is like a hot bomb all of a sudden, especially after the flight we've had tonight. It's interesting because I still like Bell's Expedition, and this still tastes good. But they're like nowhere near what I remember they were when you know they were my favorites. And I think I don't think that's the case of you know the competition catching up. I think it's just my palate changing, getting more uh, finding more nuance in the style. After a while, you you stop kind of liking regular mac and cheese. Even though regular mac and cheese is very good. I know this is a, a bad analogy. Yeah, because, you know, typically the mac and cheese beer is the Budweiser's. So. Right. I, you know, it's, it's a terrible analogy. After a while, you get bored of a really good sushi bar because you want something mm, gotcha. even, even more different. I mean, I'm enjoying this, but it is... I've never noticed how ridiculously hoppy this guy is. I mean, he is, there's a serious bitterness that is, it's going punch for punch with well, it says the, over the maltiness. 90 or 75 IBUs, that's a lot. And, but I mean, every time we've had this, we probably had it looked like Victory Storm King, which is another very hoppy, very hoppy yeah. uh, Imperial Stout and probably a stone. Which everything Stone makes is hoppy, basically, mm-hmm. and something else, I'm sure, which would have been hoppy. <laughs> that other hoppy Imperial Stout that we absolutely must have had with the other with the ones we did drink. <laughs> yes, I mean, well, basically, you know, it, it just surprised me that none, you know, the only one that really had uh, a distinct hoppiness other than the Rasputin was was the Sam Adams, and that was really in the balance. It was, you know. And that one, they, that one was very was English hops, right? That was East and Goldings, EKGs. So, yeah, I'm trying. I mean, I can almost like pick out what's in this one, but it is just a big West Coast. It almost doesn't taste like one of the big Centennial Cascade. It almost tastes more like uh, you know to call it a Russian Imperial Stout is definitely fibbing a bit because they would not have sent this to Russia. <laughs> The closest to what they would have sent to Russia is probably the Samuel Smith without the... I'm going out on a limb here. I, I hate to, you know... Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going out on a limb here. I hate to, like... uh, uh What's the word? Uh, oh, come on, vocabulary. Don't fail me now. I hate to... You're uh, right. I am. Suppose you hate yeah. to... Suppose is what kind of work. I hate to suppose, uh, you know, what was in a brewer, or how beer, or how the beer, how the brewer made it. But I am supposing that that this beer has undergone a reformulation sometime recently, and it has a newer, higher alpha hop, like the Tomahawk, as, as like the main hopping. Because, I mean, it's don't you think that hop is kind of like a Tomahawk or a Warrior I, or something? I, I think the hop is a high alpha hop it's it's really easy to detect it it's one of those that is not 
It's not going away. It's not removing from your palate. All the other, you know, all there are lots of good flavors I mean, there. There are lots of chocolates and, and malts of, and interesting stuff there. And that hop is still being bam, bam, bam. Like a tomahawk of, against a drumhead. Boom, boom, boom. Think of something like uh, Trogue's Nugget Nectar and like how that hoppiness like hits you, right? And this seems to be very, very similar to me. I don't know if I'd compare it to Nugget Nectar. Okay. That's a little. That's a little far for me. But um, the, the flavors of the hop, not necessarily the hoppiness of the beer. But so I, I'm just curious if this thing has gone a. Uh, uh, I wonder if this is old Rasputin 2.0. Is what I'm saying. With new ingredients, better, stronger, faster. <laughs> we can rebuild it. We have the hops. I'm not sure. I, I think it's good. It, it I is think good. If you're looking for a hoppy imperial stout, you're not really going to go wrong. It, it's pretty drinkable. It, it it technically tastes very clean, very good, yeah, very well and, put together. And, you know, even with you know the big hop forward, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's very drinkable. The hops do not get in the way so much as they're they're, they're there. The other flavors are there. The hops over the hops are more over over announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just it, they're they're the the star, and and the rest of it is kind of the you know the backup player. But it's a good backup player. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. You know what? I have some old Rasputins, some old, old old Rasputins. Yeah, I would be willing to give it a shot. Thing is, they don't label what year. They don't label the years. I have one in the fridge, which I think is a couple years old, but I'm not sure. And I know I have some in the cellar that are several years old. Let's go with the cellar. That would be perfect temperature anyway. All right. Okay, so a little disclaimer. Greg said, oh, it's at cellar temperature. It'll be perfect. So my cellar is not the cellar. My cellar is a shelf back in the basement over there. So it's at about 67 degrees right now. All right, so it's a little bit warm. That's okay. And here we go. Uh, this beer is probably three years old. So that means, though, that any hop f- presence would probably be diminished. That is true. So you really can't do apples to apples in a ho- aged hoppy imperial stout. That is a very good point. Roasty. A little bit of booziness. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't smell like you it, know. It does not be, have a high, yeah. It does not have a high hop uh, aroma on it. A little bit of a sweeter malt. I like I'll touch that like barley wine type aroma is coming mm. off of it too. Picked up a bit of acetone from being older. Um, it has some. Sweetness, it does not have the hop zing that the old, that the newer one had, but like we said, the hops could have mm-hmm. diminished. It's interesting. It, it, I'm not tasting the uh, acetone so much. I mean, it's a little boozy still. It, it's not coming across nearly as roasty as I thought it would either. It, it's kind of malty and, and, you know, on the sweet side. I mean, it's not cloying, not at all, but it's definitely on the sweet side of, of balance. 
I like this. This is this is something I can sit back and cuddle up with. I kind of agree with you that it's it's really it's more on the sweet side. Maybe the Aston was getting with just the the, the remaining hops in my mouth compared oh. with this big sweet right bomb. And yeah, I'm not detecting the Aston so much anymore. But yeah, it is. It, it's a very sweet kind of comfort beer in a way. It's got okay. So any of you um, really anal retentive beer historians out there. This one we're drinking does not have a neck label, and the gold on the label is not metallic and reflective. It's just uh, kind of tan colored, so it's uh, definitely an old version label. Tell me what year this beer is. I'm going to guess 2007. And the North Coast label has a white background instead of a black background. So I'm going to guess four years on this one. It could be pretty good. It could be as many as um, eight years, but probably not that old. It's the only old Rasputin I have back in the cellar. I thought I had a couple. So the one in the fridge is probably from the same year as this. Huh. And those are that's the last of my archived Rasputins. <laughs> but I love me an old Imperial Stout. You know, I think Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout gets good after about three or four years. Oh, and this really does kind of have that homey kind of. Mm. Yeah. Just, it has that that uh, that that comforting that that very much. I want to curl into a ball and and God, I need to slank it right now. That's why I got <laughs> I got a you know a whole half shelf of my cellar back there, aging imperial stouts because yeah. Expedition Black Chocolate Old Rasputin, in my opinion, are really good after about three or four years. Mm, this is delicious. This is like a chocolate cake in a bottle. Like a, a, a like a melted chocolate souffle. It's really awesome. Except instead of using sucrose, they used uh, you know, malt extract. Yeah, maltose. Because it definitely has that barley wine type backbone mm-hmm. to it with like a little with like roast on top of it, which is interesting. Yeah, but way different. Mm-hmm. Way different from the current old recipe. Oh, yeah. A, a totally different beer, practically. It is. I I still think they've done a reformulation, because I don't think it used to be that hoppy when I was young. I I can't imagine it was that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could have been. It could have been. The hops have gone completely away. But, I did, I, but you know, even though, like I was saying, with with the new Old Rasputin, I was getting a good, ba- a good maltiness there. It, it was, you well, know, playing yeah. second fiddle it was not this kind of multi well, it's like the beer i drank last night last night i drank a stouts double ipa from 2004 there's no hops left in that beer. right it's a fantastic barley wine it's not oxidized it's a fantastic barley wine but it's not a double ipa anymore yeah and uh i got about four bottles of that case left i it was kind of just an experiment i want to keep this beer around way too long see what happens yeah, that would be interesting to understand if we could find out, I don't know how and who we would talk to, if we could find out chemically why the hop flavor goes away after a period of time. We could find someone to do that. I mean, there must be some volatiles in there. I think I, think I need else. to like turn over some rocks and get Val Peacock on a teletext. Yeah. Val Peacock was the yeah. uh, the hop guy at Budweiser, and he was just uh, an amazing, yeah, I mean, say amazing what you, mind. Yeah, I mean... 
we've said it before, but you know, say what you say about say what you will about the beers in Heiser Busch Brews, but they employ some of the best, smartest brewing scientists in the world. And Velk Peacock was an awesome guy, and he was their hop guru. Yeah, and I mean, he talked about you know chemically down to d- down to the you know the the molecular level of, of what goes on. So he knew what was going on. Uh, I, I need to write this down before we forget about it. You know, late in an Imperial Stout show, these are the kind of great ideas that go nowhere. <laughs> uh, so if you're still listening. Sent me an email saying, Val Peacock. Val Peacock asking about hop degradation over I, time. I'm pretty sure we'll remember the rest of it if someone yeah. just throws a Val Peacock in our face. I wrote it down, too. I did more of an experiment to see what kind of listener uh, participation I can get. Oh, damn, I told him. It's not a control anymore. <laughs> so that was very good. Okay, so ranking time. I don't think we we will count the the old old Rasputin simply because I think we should. All right, well we'll do it. All right. If you happen to have a four year plus old old Rasputin, then you know you can consider this part of the. Or you uh, could try aging this year's and see if it um, does goes the same way. Yeah. All right, I'll do it this time. I'll go first. Alrighty. Uh, still, my number one was our very first beer, the Sam Adams Imperial Stout. A, you can get it now. Right, right. B, it's really it's got some really great complex complexities, uh, and to to the maltiness and and C, just a as far as I'm concerned, a perfect, absolutely perfect, uh, you know, hot balance on this sucker. The, the hops are there; they balance the sweetness. It doesn't get too sweet. It doesn't end up kind of chocolate milky like the uh, otter creek i i really really enjoyed the sam adams imperial stout that was a great beer uh number two the old old rasputin (laughs) that's what i was gonna call it too yeah (laughs) so the older rasputin uh was it was just a delicious uh beer just the kind of thing that you want to you know crawl up and hug but Again, uh, you know, you have to wait four years at least for it. So, y- if you buy one now and wait four years, you'll probably enjoy it. Maybe more than the Sam Adams. I don't know, but that's probably not worth. Excuse me, sorry for my phone. You yelled at me for turning my phone down. Well, I yelled at you for your computer, not your phone. Uh, <laughs> get it right. So, old old Asputin, then. Uh, New old Rasputin, newer old Rasputin. I I really I, I liked the the hoppiness there after I got used to it, and I liked the balance that was there. It was just it was a mm-hmm. it, it was a big hoppy beer. Yeah. Um, Otter Creek next, kind of milk chocolatey, kind of you know it, it was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It, but six ninety nine is not a bad price to pay for a bomber of of it, and I suppose it'll do you well. But probably you know buy two Sam Adams instead. And Samuel Smith's last, where in America it simply doesn't come over to America very well. At least not here. Maybe if you live in Philly yeah. or New York, you might be able to get a little bit fresher, but not not here in the uh, the west northeast. 
Uh, My ranking is uh, similar to Gray's, but a little bit different. I'm going to pick the old, old Rasputin as number one. Cuddle up, delicious, luscious. Oh, I love you, old, old Rasputin. (laughs) Number two, uh, Sam Adams. I described that guy as luscious when we were drinking him. He wasn't quite as cuddly as, as the old, old Rasputin, but still... You know, definitely jump into bed with him. Yeah. <laughs> and then a new, n- new old Rasputin. Uh, it was a very interesting. You should ex- call beers her if you're going yeah. to be using that terminology. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe you want to approach it from certain angles, and that's fine. I'm not putting together an agenda or anything like that, but you know, he's my buddy. So, um, new old Rasputin. I'm your buddy too, but I'm not jumping in bed with you, yeah. buddy. That's okay. Uh, number three is my new old Rasputin. And I mentioned it when we were tasting him. Technically, tastes good. You know, there's no no real problems with it. It's like, do you prefer a really hoppy Imperial Stout or don't you? And generally my answer is no. But this guy was probably one of my favorite... One of my favorite hoppy Imperial Stouts. Um with what I think is like that warrior Tom Hawk in there, it, it was definitely an interesting new experience for me. Uh, Otter Creek number four, it was a little on the sweet side, like Greg had mentioned when we were tasting it. Uh, and then Samuel Smith was, yeah, it was messed up. So you lose. All right. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio 179 Imperial Stouts, and we'll see you around next time. Looks like black IPAs might be on the docket. Maybe. We'll see. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. The theme music is Money or Time from The Lights Out. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash jeffbear and twitter.com slash gmwise. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Money on time, but you never get a